On this episode of Modern Practice, we'll continue our discussion about developing learning areas in your facilities to foster and sustain improvement. I'm your host, Dr. Tomas Villanueva, Senior Principal for Performance Improvement Consulting at Vizient and Practicing Internist. Joining me is Suzanne Miller, Senior Consulting Director for Reliability and Management Systems at Vizient, and Kateri Chapman, Senior Principal for Safe and Reliable Healthcare at Vizient as well. Suzanne, Kateri, welcome to Modern Practice. Thanks so much. We're glad to be here. Thanks, Tomas. Pleasure to be here with you. Welcome, welcome both. So who engages in these learning areas? Learning areas are a component of high reliability organizations. And for high reliability, it requires everyone in the organization to engage, to practice, and to live high reliability principles. Learning areas in both development and in their future sustained state really require active participation of senior leadership, department-level leadership, and the frontline workforce. This is kind of that starting point for interlocking accountability. Maybe go through each. The frontline team engagement is absolutely crucial. We're working to build community, teamwork, and accountabilities. We need the voice of the team member. We need them to facilitate issue identification and resolution. And we need their ideas, insights, concerns as we engage in continuous learning and improvement activities. So critical component. The local or unit department leadership, also crucial to the success of a learning area because local leaders play a really important role in facilitating alignment of the organizational priorities and their work unit priorities. So that alignment is important, and Suzanne mentioned it earlier. The leaders at a local level are also helping to remove barriers and support change, part of developing a learning area. And those activities and behaviors that they engage with, they're modeling what's important to the organization. They're reflecting what is important within the organization. And so helping to build the respect and teamwork and psychological safety needed is part of their role. And then finally, just the senior and executive leadership They're coming to engage with learning areas through intentional rounding with an emphasis, again, on creating that alignment between the organization's purpose and priorities, understanding the team's work, helping the team and the local leaders remove barriers to those concerns identified. And then, of course, we hope that we can embed activities and behaviors where leaders are also, as Suzanne described earlier, kudos, celebrating wins and learning and very importantly, expressing gratitude. I really want to go back to what Kateri was talking about, about the frontline team. I think one of the biggest differences between learning areas and those who have not yet started their HRO journey is a lack of input and voice and engagement and empowerment of the frontline staff. If I could share two really quick examples of an organization that I worked with just recently. It's an emergency department that's been experiencing about 175% capacity for like eight, nine months. Just massive levels of burnout. The team is just deflated, just struggling to even show up for work. And so the unit manager decided to do something a little bit different with her lens board. And she created a section of her lens board where the team could give each other kudos. They could text kudos into the board for another team member. They could tag a senior leader on that kudos. And that senior leader could then add their thoughts and appreciation for that team member. 
the manager then took the kudos, the person who gave the kudos and the person who received the kudos and gave them the employee appreciation points that every organization has where you can actually buy merchandise with it. And the team was just so into this. I've never seen anything like this. And the kudos were just coming in dozens every day. And it really lifted their spirits and it really gave them something to look forward to. And they sought out people to give kudos to. And suddenly now transport is giving people in the ED kudos. And the med surge unit that just accepted a patient is giving kudos to the ED. It was really a beautiful thing. So when we think about that as being a cultural way that she engaged the team members, the frontline team members in this process, she also engaged them in a clinical improvement. So their barcode scanning compliance rate had been really low for about a year, and she just couldn't crack the nut on that. So what she decided to do, their goal was 96% compliance. She got a daily report. She put the people who were 96% or higher on the main portion of her lens board. And every day in huddle, they talked about it. She didn't do it in a blaming or a shaming or a judgment way. She said, we're here to learn. You guys tell me, you're the ones that are barcode scanning. Why are we not able to barcode scan? Well, labels are coming back from the pharmacy crinkled. Hey, that's fixable, right? We can solve that. What she did is she fostered an environment of psychological safety where the team didn't feel that they were being judged, that they said, hey, I want to be above the 96% and here's why I'm running into barriers. Within three months, this team that's running at 175% capacity, that's burned out that's just going home, probably crying many days, went from 94% compliance in barcode scanning to 98% compliant. That's what we are talking about when we say the speed in which we can have improvements because of this powerful tool. You know, I couldn't agree more about the utmost importance of managing up, because I've seen that specifically in my career, of the frontline staff. But what I do see is an opportunity and most organizations I go to is the lack of engagement from the senior leadership and the unwillingness to even round. It's a foreign concept. They're afraid to go out there. My running joke is that trying to even to get to the C-suite is like trying to get into a bank. You have to go through several layers of security just to do it. I wonder if you had any additional comments about how they are key to making this work. So one of the beautiful things about having a visual management system like Lens is that it gives, and I couldn't agree with you more having been a CNO, I understand what you're describing. It gives the senior leaders almost a prop. It gives them something to gather some team members around and say, tell me about your Lens board. Tell me what are the things that you're working on? Show me some of the issues that have been coming up in your unit. It gives them that thing to talk about which I have found has been really a game changer when it comes to senior leader rounding. They're excited to go to the unit that has a lens board because they already know there's something they can talk about. They don't have to create a conversation. They don't have to create a problem in which to talk about. So that's been really exciting. Plus the other advantages of being able to, in the moment, look at an issue that comes up and help resolve that issue in that moment. And I can give you a quick example. I worked with a surgical services department and in the pre-op area, they had a waiting room and they had a bathroom and in the bathroom light switch had a red placard 
right? A red light switch. Well, we know patients don't touch anything that's red, right? Right. They're going to blow up the hospital. (laughs) So what happened is this elderly gentleman who was there to have a surgery went to the bathroom in the dark. Huge potential patient safety issue, right? So their senior leader happened around on them and someone had texted that into the lens board. The light switch in the bathroom is red and patients are going to the bathroom with the lights turned off. And he said, what? He said, this is fixable today. This is fixable right now. And he was able to then get facilities on it and they changed that placard out that day. So the real-time nature of rounding and issue resolution is really powerful. And then what that does is that positively reinforces additional senior leader rounding because what did that senior leader do? He went back and he shared that story with the rest of the executives. That's amazing. And when we talked about key factors and attributes towards success, we already mentioned about the engagement of frontline staff and quite frankly, all levels of leadership going all the way to the most senior level of leadership. But what would you also think are other key factors leading to success in this? I think ultimately what we're building here are robust, self-reflecting learning communities capable of driving cultural health and rapid improvement over time. So, of course, there are going to be several attributes that facilitate success with learning areas. And to the extent that learning areas are foundational building blocks of high-reliability organizations, these are the same elements that we identify in the framework for high-reliability healthcare. So, just thinking about a number of those elements First, capable, competent leaders who lead with high reliability principles and nurture healthy cultures. Healthy cultures characterized by teamwork and collaboration, accountability, respect, and psychological safety. And that last one, I think, is absolutely crucial. You don't implement psychological safety. It's made possible with respect and trust and lived principles such as just culture, but it's something that evolves. And so earlier when we were talking about the role of executive leaders, their alignment and commitment and then presence to support learning areas to show up and be with the front line to understand their work to ask questions, to be curious, and to help remove barriers. All those things are contributing to that trust and respect and development of psychological safety over time. And then I think to have self-reflecting learning communities, we need infrastructure that thoughtfully builds in reflection for learning, along with the acknowledgement that learning and advancement come from both successes and failures. There's actually incredible value in failures beyond understanding just what not to do again. If we're thoughtful about what did that experience teach us? What does that inform about where we go from here, etc.? Suzanne, Kateri, great insights. And in our next episode, we'll continue this discussion. And to our listeners, please contact me in our email, modernpracticepodcast at vizientinc.com. We posted the link in our resource section as well. And please join us for other Modern Practice Podcasts. Subscribe today, like us, or send us your comments. And now, I'm Dr. Tomas Villanueva. Thank you so much for listening. 